Randy Kay here. We all go through struggles at times, and I want to share with you through stories and insights and interviews with others how much God loves you. He loves you immensely, and that's what I hope you will hear through our interviews and what we have to share with you. Thanks for staying tuned. Here we go. Hi, my guest today is Khalil. He experienced a drug overdose, his heart likely stopped, and he experienced hell. I've got to share with you before we go to a Khalil that in, on very few occasions will I come across somebody who shares their story and I feel that this is something that people desperately need to hear. You are going to want to listen to this because I was on the floor when I was, when I was listening and uh, to Khalil's story, it just got me to the heart and, and it is, it's going to be difficult. I know that uh, Khalil, we'll, I'll go to you and welcome to our show. Hey. It's great to have you. And I know you suffered even Khalil, some degree of what we would probably term PTSD from your experience, that is you're in hell. Yes. And, you know, people don't often, Khalil, understand, uh, as we've come to learn, that those who go through a hell experience, that it is like, it is as difficult as being in battle in a war zone, if not more, because hell is, is hell. There's nothing worse that you can go through than a true experience in health. So Khalil, again, great to have you with us. Let's get into the story yes, because sir. I'll let you start where you would like to, uh, Khalil, but tell us about what happened leading up to the event and then we'll get into, oh my goodness, what it's like to be in hell. Okay, so I guess to start off to give some, I guess, background of the type of person that I was at the time, I, during that time of my life, I was 18, 19 years old. The event happened when I was 19, but I had struggled with depression from family issues, just from lack of self-confidence. So I would do a lot of things that I thought would make me feel better when in reality, they were just hurting me worse. Like I was hanging around people to seem cool. I was doing drugs. I was just living a worldly lifestyle, trying to fit in where I really didn't belong. So that call, I'm not saying that caused me because we all make our own choices, but a lot of factors enforced me to do certain behaviors that just aren't, they aren't right. So that being said, the night of the event, I was already doing drugs consistently. I was smoking all the time. I was experimenting with other things that I shouldn't have been doing. Like I was doing Molly. I was taking LSD um i was even experimenting with other stuff but i i'd rather not say because that's embarrassing but i was doing a lot of drugs and the people who i was hanging around with they only cared about doing said drugs i wasn't around a good system now my family they they didn't want me to do that stuff they told me that what i was doing was bad i'm not saying anything wrong with my family they actually were encouraging me to stop doing that but the way i felt about myself and just my mentality, the strongholds that I had within me, I, I just didn't listen. So that night, I remember just being, I was, it was just me and one person. And 
I had done drugs with this person before and it was, you know, a regular thing. Like we would hang out, we would smoke, but it would never be a, like a regular hangout thing. We would always have to do something, which hindsight, I'm like, okay, obviously that should have been a red flag automatically, but I wasn't thinking like that. So I remember it was, it actually started early that day. I, me and him were communicating. We were talking about, you know, hanging out and, and smoking and doing all that stuff. And at first, that's all we talked about was just smoking. And I was fine with it because that's what I had done before at that time. And then fast forward, you know, I eventually pick him up. We're going to go get stuff. And he suggests that we get um, LSD from his dealer, a dealer that I had never purchased from or even knew. I didn't know anything about this person, but me just not caring and me having that type of mind state, I was like, whatever, like, I didn't like myself. I didn't want to feel like myself. So I went ahead and bought it anyway. So I had bought, I guess, two hits for me. He had taken three. And before we even gotten back to his place, which was where we were going, I had took mine and he had took his, and then we got to his place and we're smoking. And I, beforehand, I did feel strange like okay something just didn't feel right that night but i ignored it as okay well i mean this always happens i always feel uncomfortable or i you know it didn't matter i just wanted to just not be myself essentially so it just didn't matter what would have happened but that was obviously the biggest mistake so we got to his place and we ended up like we had already taken it before we got there. We ended up smoking and all that other stuff. And at first everything has seemed normal because when you take a drug like that, it takes a while for it to actually kick in. So everything seemed relatively normal at first, like, you know, routine. And then over time, I just started to feel it wasn't, it wasn't how it normally felt because I normally felt like, you know, that drug kind of makes you, like paranoid and anxious at first but then you kind of get giddy you know you're kind of like oh you know you're not thinking you're not really in a normal headspace you're kind of just everywhere but that time I felt extreme anxiety but like it wasn't to the point where I couldn't control it initially but over time it got worse because something felt wrong with me inside so that was after like I believe an hour when I start to feel like that, because it takes about that amount of time to kick in. So, you know, I started asking him like, you know, about his plug or his deal or whatever. He said it was fine. He was, he was trying to reassure me and all that, but something just still didn't feel right. So I tried to distract myself by listening to music and, you know, just going out to the, to the uh, balcony and being outside, nothing was really helping. I just progressively felt worse and worse. And then I was starting to get more and more anxious. So, you know, this guy, he he's, you know, I'm not going to talk negatively about him because at the end of the day, it was my decision to do that with him. That was all my fault. But, you know, he was trying to calm me down. He was trying to say this and that, but something just didn't feel right about this person. Like, I, even though I had hung around him previously, it was almost as if I felt like evil from him. Like, I couldn't trust him. Something just felt wrong. So, but I tried to ignore it once again. I don't know why. At no point did I listen to 
any goodness in my heart. At no point did I really try to like put two and two together. I just kept blowing everything off that was coming to me. Like, no, like this is wrong. You need to get out of here. I just kept blowing it off. So, and after that hour, it was about probably 12 or one o'clock, something around that time. Uh, as the night progressed, it just got worse and worse and worse. And then I remember there was a point where I kind of wanted to go home, but I wanted to also be somewhere comfortable. So I tried to go to my car because that was the one place of familiarity that I had. I'm like, okay, I've been in my car a bunch of times everywhere, just around his house, around his area, just felt really dark. And it felt like darkness was slowly easing its way in. And it just, I, I couldn't deal with that. So when I went to my car, I remember asking him like, Hey, can we go outside to like my car? Like not to the balcony to like, to my car. And he said, okay. And then it, that was when I first started to really like have an, almost an anxiety attack because I didn't, I didn't remember walking outside, opening his front door or walking downstairs. I just remember being in his house and I blinked and I opened my eyes and I was in my car and I was like, that's not normal. Cause that's never happened to me before. So I'm like, okay, I started to freak out because I'm like, what is happening? I, you know, I'm trying to get, collect myself and put myself together. My heart is pounding so hard at this point because it was unnatural. And then he's, he's trying to calm me down, but his face started to look demonic. He started to look like a demon in my vehicle. So I'm freaking out because when I started seeing his face look like that, I hop out of my car and then I try to like get away from him. And he hops out of my car and chases me. In hindsight, he was probably trying to calm me down, but it just didn't feel like that. It felt like he was trying to keep me there, like he was trying to keep me where he was at. And I didn't want to be there anymore. Like, I really wanted to go home at that point. And when he got out of the car and chased me, it felt like I was being chased by a demon. So at that point, I'm freaking out. I'm scared. My heart's pounding harder, harder, harder. I am starting to lose it at that point. I remember he puts his hand on my shoulder. He was like, and then he said, oh, dude, it's fine. Just stay here. It's fine. It's cool. And I bolted. Like, I ran away as fast as I could. Because at that point, I'm like, no, like, it's not fine here. Like, I felt, I felt as if I was dying. Because my heart was pounding so hard, it was starting to feel like my body was, like, like vibrating almost. So I just, I couldn't do that. So I ran away. And it's this at this point, it was like 145. It had to be 2 a.m. or something like that. But I had ran around his house or not his house, his apartment complex. I'm sorry, his apartment complex and the side of the building. It didn't have any light. And I remember the moment I ran around and ran into the darkness on the side of his building. That's when everything just like I completely was was out of it. Like. I couldn't feel anything anymore, like I couldn't feel myself breathe. I couldn't feel my heart beating. I couldn't feel anything. It felt as if the moment I ran around that corner into the dark, like a leg or not a leg, an arm had reached up and grabbed me and pulled me on the ground. That's what it felt like happened. And at this point, I started screaming because it, it, it was insanity. It felt like at that point, I'm like, no, like this is absolutely ridiculous. Like him looking like a demon for me feeling like I'm dying. And then me feeling like I'm being pulled on the ground. I'm like, oh, gosh, like I, I made a mistake. Like, that's the first thing that started playing in my head. I've made a mistake. Like, this is this was not right. 
And I started to immediately regret the, even taking the drugs, even being in that situation, even being around him doing that, because I felt like I was just pulled underground. So I'm like, okay, I just died. So at that point, when I felt like that is when I started to just scream. I was screaming, screaming, screaming. Like I felt like I was trying to crawl out. And then next thing I know, as I'm trying to escape from this situation, if I realized I was powerless, but then it feels like a hand had came from up here and went like this. And when that happened, I was completely blown away by that because it, it was like I was on earth, but then I immediately, like, it was no time elapsed. It was like, boom, boom, like, like it almost instant. I was here. And then when I looked up, it was the brightest light I had ever seen. It was the most extreme, like, it wasn't even a, a light that was painful to look at, but I couldn't look at it because it was just so bright, like brighter than staring into the sun. And it hit me like, okay, this is, this is God. So I'm confused because I didn't want to believe what was happening was happening. Like I, it just, I didn't want to believe that. Like, cause who wants to believe they died? But I remember, I, I, and I, I really, I really don't like this part because it always feels so disappointing to just think about when he, when, when he was holding me in his hand like this, like, and I was just facing him for one, it was oddly peaceful despite the circumstances of what was going on. But it was at the same time, it was extremely horrifying because I mean, I, it seemed to be God. So when you're face to face with, with the creator of all creation, you it is a very difficult to comprehend situation almost, especially when it's in those type of circumstances. It's like, what just happened? So I'm asking him what's going on, what happened, like what what what, what is this? And I remember him holding me, he was like. I'm sorry to say, my son, you you've committed, you know, a terrible act. And before that, it was like I was I kept thinking, like, OK, how am I in this situation? And I remember just thinking about all the things I had done up to that point. But then all those things I was thinking about, I started to realize were sinful. So I remember just thinking, oh, well, who am I? Like, what am I like? What's going on? And then next thing I know, my name. I am Khalil Darius Manning and I am a, a sinner. I'm Khalil Darius Manning and I'm a fornicator, a adulterer, a idolater, like just a whole bunch of list of things stacking up on top of each other over and over and over and over on top of my head as if like everything that I had done was being like tallied, but they were, it wasn't even like small things it was like serious things that i didn't realize where i was that i had done that were so serious so it felt like the sins that i had committed up until that point were all being placed upon my head like i had to carry that like okay and at that you know at, during that point i knew god was real at that point i knew that there was a god but i didn't at that point in my life i had not given my life over to jesus so there wasn't anybody to save me there. I wasn't forgiven for anything because I hadn't turned to him. I had, like, like I said, I believe in God, but I wasn't too 
I wasn't too open with that idea because I had believed so many lies. Like people were trying to say that the Bible was completely man-made, that, you know, it's a religion and all this and that. And a lot of that stuff can, can muddy up your mind because when you actually read the word, you realize it's not like that. Like it's completely different than what people nowadays are trying to say about it. But during that time when that was going on, I didn't, I didn't have that knowledge. Khalil, so, you had you didn't have that knowledge that you didn't have that you know that there's a separation I guess between knowledge and actually what what we know as salvation that is when Jesus mm-hmm. becomes our Lord which is a which is a spiritual experience versus a head knowledge right yes and so you were before God at this point you knew it was God you had this implicit yeah. understanding that this is God. And, and you understood that, but you also had this conviction coming across that you were, you had sinned in this way, in this way, in this way, in this mm-hmm. way. And there was, it sounds like, you know, there was just this despair, hopelessness that there's, there's nothing you can do at that point because absolutely you don't like, know where to go. And I, and, it, it, it's a feeling of just being completely at the mercy of something else. Like I didn't have the strength to do anything, but to observe pretty much like I didn't have power to, to really move. I didn't really have power to really breathe. Everything was in his hands. And that is horrifying because when we're here, we, you know, we can walk around, we can, we can look around and breathe and all that. But when you're in that position, you don't, you don't do that. He controlled all of that. So it was a complete feeling of hopelessness yet since i was in the presence of god it was still a feeling of peace because it's god like and it was like i instinctually knew exactly what was happening although i had never been in a situation like that ever and that's the part that just blew my mind because i'm just like i don't know it was like the words came in my mind i'm like okay i've sinned i never previously thought of my previous actions as being sin i knew that this light was god yet i've never seen god here like he's everywhere around us but you don't see him and that's the thing so it's like i just already knew what it was but him telling me him holding me like this and him telling me that you know all these sins being tallied up and then not to mention i had committed suicide i I immediately was like how did i kill myself like that's impossible i was scared out of my mind freaking out like no like how did i kill myself and then I I hear a whole bunch of voices below and they say acid. So I'm just like, like, that's impossible because from my understanding, you couldn't overdose from that. You, you, you know, none of that stuff was ever possible, but that's why I I don't think I, it had to be laced with something else. That's because I had never bought from this person. I'd never been around this person. I didn't know this person. I was just around my friend at the time who knew of this person. So immediately my brain started to try to rationalize like how how did i die to this but it didn't matter because the moment i heard those voices down there like it just hit me like this i'm not i'm not about to stay with god like i'm not about to be in heaven and then he once he said he said i'm sorry my son to me and then i started screaming like i'm crying like wait no no like no and he he goes like this and i'm falling and then 
it's crazy because when he picked me up and went like this, it felt instant. But when I started falling, that's when it felt like a large time. Like it felt like the longest amount of time I can't even fathom. Like you fall, you fall, you fall. It felt like I was falling for years almost. But those years also felt like seconds. I don't think that when you die, time really has any meaning. It just doesn't. You just kind of exist, if that makes any sense. So I was falling, and it felt like I was falling for you. And at first, it was like I tried so hard to like not believe what was happening. Like, no, I like this. This is, you know, I'm trying to lean on my own understanding. Like, no, this is drugs. This is this and that. But then it's like it felt too real. I'm like, it felt realer than being here right now. So I'm like, oh, this is this is like no. But then as I kept falling, it started to hit me like, oh, no, I messed up. Like, this isn't a joke. Like, I, you, you don't, you, it, it, I can't even, there's no putting words on that feeling when you truly realize that you have messed up. It isn't like you missing in the game winning three in basketball and you messed up. Like, no, like, you messed up and you can't fix this. There is no, there is no fixing this. There is no getting better after this. This is it. And that's the part that broke me in my spirit as I'm falling because I'm like, like I pleaded, I was screaming to God as I'm falling down. Like, please wait, like, like, please like give me another chance. And he was not listening. He just, he wasn't. And at that, in the moment, I thought that God had abandoned me. But in hindsight, him saying, I'm sorry, son, and me looking back on that event, I realized I abandoned him. And he was disappointed that I didn't choose him. Hmm. And it didn't hit me until I started to really like sit down and think about it. Because that had been on my mind for the longest. Like, why did he say that to me? Why was he disappointed? But then it wasn't that he failed me. He didn't fail me at all. I failed him. And he just wanted what was best for me. It's almost like he regretted or was mournful or sorrowful that he had to let you go. Was that's that exactly, impression? that's what it felt like. It felt as if he didn't want to, but when I read, when I recently read in the Bible, he is a holy God and he's a God of his word. So it doesn't matter how he may feel. It doesn't matter anything. He's going to do exactly what he said he was going to do every single time. So it didn't matter. So he just, he just let me go because that's he's that's him. And also looking back on it, I remember I'll get to that part later in the story because it, it it's kind of essential. But I'm falling, I'm falling, I'm falling, I'm falling, I'm screaming. And at, at it at some point I started to realize it was futile. And then I hit earth. And then the moment I hit earth, it felt like everything in me just kind of broke. Like everything in me is kind of like, like my bones, my, my hands and everything. And then I started to see myself in third person. It was, it was weird. It like, it wasn't like I, I was looking at my hands or whatever like this. And I was in my body. It was like, I was watching my soul. And the moment I hit the ground, it, it hurt so bad. I couldn't believe it. Like I couldn't even, I, I couldn't even really scream the moment I hit the ground because it felt so like 
it's you can't fathom that if we had fell from a height like that we would die so when i had fell from such a height and crashed and hit earth again and i didn't die i couldn't process that it was like what just happened and the next thing i know once again i feel something grab my body and i'm getting pulled now at the moment i start getting pulled again it feels like i'm falling again but it, it was it's so strange because I might I might have been getting pulled so fast that it felt like I was falling, but it felt like I was falling again. But this time into the earth. So this time I'm screaming, like I'm screaming, 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 because I'm like, oh no, like what is happening now? Like, like it was, it was at this point, I kind of just knew. Like, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm not going up, I'm going down. So where else am I going at this point? So I'm falling in into the ground further and further and further. I can't breathe at all. Like I'm, I'm feel like I'm bumping in the stuff, like whatever is pulling me on the way down. It's, it's all hitting me. And then this also feels like years of me falling again, the distance between heaven and earth and the distance between earth and hell, like heaven. And then the distance between heaven and hell, like it is the farthest, like it is so uncomprehensibly far away from each other because the one, the one thing that bothered my mind so much after the experience was time time just didn't feel real to me because i had felt like i had been doing like falling for thousands of years and it felt like i was in hell for eons and millennia so as i'm falling down I, it eventually starts getting hotter and it starts getting hotter and it starts getting hotter and hotter like as if i'm being thrown into an oven that's being thrown into a furnace and then it just gets hotter and hotter and hotter. And I'm starting to scream louder and louder. And then I'm starting to hit more stuff. And then the moment I feel like I breached, it was like I was still seeing a third person. And then I start seeing a whole bunch of bodies. Like it was a bunch of people falling with me. It was people falling all around me, all screaming. But their screams weren't, it was like my scream was the loudest scream. Like, I don't know. I can't even explain that. It's like I could hear them, but I mainly heard myself. And I, 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 I start falling more and more, and I'm starting to get, I'm starting to um, hit people, and I'm starting to like, just, I'm just, I'm just running into stuff as I'm falling down pretty much uh, and i see a whole bunch of like it's just people they look all terrified there were so many people in there it didn't even make sense to me it was the, like i described it as like everybody drives on the highway at some point everybody's in public at some point you see a whole bunch of random faces that you've never seen before some of those people you will probably never see again but you see all those people there it's almost as if anybody that you ever encountered just randomly at any point in your life is there. Most people were there. Like it seemed as if everybody, not everybody, but most people that have ever been on this planet were there. And I couldn't what, even what you like, said, Khalil, most it seemed to you like most people that had lived on the planet were in that place that you were in hell yes like it was it wasn't like oh it was a couple people like no it seemed as if 
there were so many people there, it would be more than the people who are on the earth right now. It was that many people, but I see them all as I'm falling. It's I'm, I'm flooding in with all these people. And eventually it's like I hit a floor or something and the floor is like, it's, it's hot. And I didn't have like, at that point, like I said, I'm still seeing a third person. I didn't have like, like flesh or something. Like I could feel everything, but it didn't feel like me because it felt like my legs were broken and twisted. Like every time I tried to walk, I couldn't take a proper step. Like I couldn't, it was like I was mangled, but I was alive. And the worst part, part, part about the whole deal is, yeah, you fall in with all these people, but that's it. After that, it's almost like you're completely alone. And you can see people off in the distance, but you can never reach these people. So it's like, you know, you're not alone in there, but you can never see another person in there. I don't know how to even describe that. You see all these, these people, but you don't, there's no connection. Like being, just to, to communicate with somebody, just to talk to someone, just to, you know, even be around another human being in itself is a blessing because the loneliness that you feel in there is the most deepest I, I don't even know a word for it. Total but separation. I mean, you had no, no, no relationship nothing. whatsoever and no one had any relationship nothing. with each other. No one had a relationship with each other and you definitely don't have a relationship with God because it doesn't matter. Like I heard praying, I heard screaming, I heard all types of just yelling. There was no, it, it was barely any coherentness in there, but I even myself started to try to pray and then I'm that that it, he wasn't listening because at that point it was too late for me. Like that, that was my final destination. So then at that point I started seeing like just these disgusting looking creatures. And then I remember I seen like, it was like, it, it's, it's like this creature that had the body of a gorilla with other and like with the with the head of a bull and it had like other parts to it it it, it was a it was disgusting like i didn't it was like it was not i can't even think of god making something like that but whatever abomination of disgusting creatures they were just in there and then those things i'm assuming they were demons they had to have been demons because i don't know what else that could be but they were tormenting people like they were, they, I remember the moment I hit the ground, they surrounded me and started hurting and tormenting me. Like they, they, they could just do whatever they want down there. And there's nothing that you could do to stop them from doing it. So it's, it's, um, it's, they, I'm sorry. Um, this is so, this is so hard. I know Cleo and I, we have to applaud you for your courage in sharing this because I know it kind of a, a brings back a memory of something that you may want to forget. It's so horrendous. Mm -hmm. And you're in this space now with these demons who look otherworldly and disgusting. Uh, and you are feeling isolated except for the fact that they're, it sounds like they're seeking to devour you seeking to 
do something to you. How did how did you feel at that point? I mean, were you feeling like like they wanted to do something to you? They just want to hurt. They they don't they they hate us. They they hated me because everybody else in there was screaming. I'm assuming they're attacking everybody. And there's a, a ridiculous amount of numbers. Like there's not they're not everywhere like how how we were because just being there in general is terrible. So you could you some people probably on the upper level or whatever wasn't he probably wasn't even getting attacked. I can't even imagine what just the fact that you exist in that place is terrible. So I don't I I don't like I don't know, but I don't think everybody there was being tormented by those things. But just the fact that you are there in itself, knowing that you can't get out, knowing that there's nothing that you could do, knowing that you will never see your family again, knowing that you'll never have a moment of happiness again, knowing the fact that every moment and there isn't a sleep, you don't sleep. It's every waking moment. So forever, permanently, you're, you're, you're just, you, you just, you just, you, you just can't do anything. Like there isn't anything that you could possibly do at all. Nothing at all. Like you, you're done. Like I, I can't, I cannot emphasize that at all. You can't do anything. You're just there. And that's it. And the more you think about that, the worse that reality becomes because you can't escape. You cannot run. You can run, but you won't go anywhere. You can't climb up the side of the wall and get out. You can't, you can't call to Jesus because he's he will not come and get you. You can't call to God because he will not come and get you. There is nothing that can save you. There is nothing that cares about you. There's nothing that loves you. Everything hates you there. Everything wants to hurt you. You just, you, 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 you can't, you can't. Mm. So at that point, you just, you, 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 you're, you're, you're dead. I, that's the only thing I could think of at that point. You're dead. Like you're actually dead. Like, yeah, yeah your flesh dies on earth, but you're really dead at that point point and it's terrible like it you actually experienced levels in this place in this hell didn't you yes yes i I felt there's kind of gradations of hell yes the, the first like i said when i hit it was like a floor it was like hollow like there was other floors and then it's like the longer you're there, it's like the farther you fall in there. Now, I, I didn't see everybody falling in there. I don't know how punishment works there at all, because when you're there, you're, you don't care about that. You're just distraught. Like, oh, no, like you, you for me, all I know is that I was so mentally far gone at that point that it was like. I kept denying the fact that I was there, even though it was constantly happening to me. And the more I denied it made it worse because the more I started to come to realization, it felt worse. And I didn't want to feel that, but no matter what I could do, I always felt that it's so strange. It is so ridiculous, but I eventually it's like, I don't, like I said, time doesn't make any sense. 
So at this point, it feels as if it's been years. And for what I from what I'm starting to think about is that it could have, it may have very well just been 10 minutes. But it felt like years and years and years and years and years because of just how bad it is. Like you want it to stop so bad that time feels so long. Mm-hmm. So to me, it felt like I was there for millions of years and then i start to fall again and then it's like the further i fall for one it doesn't even make sense how it can get hotter but it does somehow it gets hotter the farther you fall down and then the farther the different floor that you fall on it's like worse things are happening i i it's like you can you can like i said you can walk around and move around in there but it feels incredibly painful so all you really want to do is just sit but even if you sit you're getting tortured by something something it, it could be something that you're thinking about it's almost as if there's no sense of happiness no sense of joy no sense of peace no sense of pleasure no sense of of, of, of gratitude gratefulness nothing it's almost as if any negative emotion that you can possibly feel when you feel when you're alive here, that's all you get to feel there. There is no like spectrum of emotions. There's just bad. So I'm just panicking. It feels like I'm falling. And then the work, the more I fall into this place, it feels I see worse things happening. Because at first it was just I was getting like it felt like I was getting beat up. It felt like they were just attacking me. And I fall down and then I feel like I'm getting stabbed and shot. It doesn't also beat up. And then I fall down again and now I'm still being beat up and it still feels like I'm being stabbed and shot. But now I'm being assaulted sexually. Like there is no end to it. And the farther you fall, the things that happen to you don't stop. They just get added upon. So you just feel constant, unending pain like the screaming is the part that bothered me the most because you don't that's all you hear all you hear is 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 desperate cries all you hear is 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 begging and yelling and then your vocal cords will feel like they're shriveled up so bad to a point and there is no relief for it like it's like i can't humanly in this moment, comprehend how pain can increase unrelenting, like it just doesn't stop. And that in itself, it doesn't, it, it, it just doesn't make sense. It's just insanity. That's all I can really say about it. It's insane. So as I'm continuing to fall, it's like I see, I could see like over like a ledge but like if you if you look over you just it's just endless like it's darkness like and that's the craziest part even though i could see there are some parts where i just couldn't see anything it was like pitch black in some places but it isn't like turn off the lights it isn't like like going outside and like it's dark like i can't even describe the level of dark it's like so dark it's like a fog almost like how you can't see through a fog but it feels like the fog was black so when you even look at that level of like unknowing like it could be anything over there worse but you will never see it and that's horrifying because you don't know what could be over there but you know it isn't anything good because god isn't there 
So some people got drug over there. Like they, some people were getting taken by these creatures. They, some people were just getting dragged all the way in there. I didn't get that. That didn't happen to me. All I, I was just getting like tormented and assaulted. But I can't even imagine what I don't want to. I don't want to imagine what could possibly be over there because I don't. So I'm not going to. I just don't. But yeah, I don't. I really don't. There was, uh, you mentioned that there was a lake of fire. And At the bottom. we have had guests who have been to hell on this program previously or have observed hell. Um, you know, Santosh, who uh, was, uh, came from a Hindu uh, religious family. His father was a high priest in Hindu, their Hindu religion. And he was standing on this uh, level uh, field and he, like you, he saw God who was you know, gigantic and yet he knew he couldn't go to be with God. Uh, he was not a believer at that time. He is now, but then below he saw the lake of fire. And it seems that the lake of fire is something that is a common reference, like you have explained in hell, other common references very similar to yours, um, that that is a reality, um, that it's not just something that we hear about at the lake of fire. Somehow, like, I didn't experience the lake. I've seen it, and it was like, it, there was a point in time where, like, I kept falling further and further down, and I think the lake was at the bottom of it. Because So I don't know what actually happens to you when you touch that. I just don't. I don't. I'm glad... It is my blessing that I didn't. But when I got close to it, the when I started falling, because eventually it was like I just started falling through. Like I didn't hit a floor again. Like I fell at least five times. And I just started falling through, through and through. And it got so hot. I don't, I don't want to say that I came in contact with it, but it feels like I was so close to it. I don't know what would have happened to me if I would have hit that point because that's the bottom part. I don't know what's in there. All I know is that when when you get so close to it and you feel that type of heat, I can't even describe that. I don't know what that is like in flesh. It, it, it doesn't make sense how terrible that is. But right before I even came in contact with it and I thought that I was about to fall into that. And it's like, white lava like it's it's not like regular looking fire it looked white almost as if it was a light source but it was white i don't know how to explain it but it was fire but you i don't know but i was about to hit it and then a light just exploded from 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 everywhere it was like it was like for that it exploded from me but it felt like the light illuminated everything like i couldn't it was blinding and the moment they happened, it was like, it was the loudest sound I've ever heard. It sounded like this ultimate explosion of some kind. And then I was back on earth, but I was just laying, I was laying like on, on concrete with my face down. Like, like, like I was like, I don't know, but I had seen it was, it was these two people that were like, they were humans. But they, they, I know that they weren't there. Like, it wasn't like a person had walked on the street and seen me. Like, I don't know who these people were. 
So you think but these might have been angels? One of them was not an angel at all. One okay, so this was okay. Yeah, I I didn't get to see. Okay, so the one the per, the demon that I'm that I'm pretty it had to be a demon. It just looked like a dude in a suit, like it was all black suit, but he looked so angry. Like he there was a there was it was him who who was mad, and then there was a person that was standing like next to him. And then the part, but I couldn't see his face, but he had on white. I didn't now. I don't want to assume it could have been an angel. It could have very well been Jesus. I don't know. The reason I assume that it could possibly be Jesus is just because the demon was so angry, but it was scared of this being. And it was telling the angel, not telling the angel, the angel was telling uh, this the, the demon, he was like, you need to let him out right now. Let him out immediately, right now. And then I'm just sitting there. I'm completely silent at this point. Because at this point, it's like I was just like, I was just done. Like, I couldn't even think. All I could do was just experience what I was like witnessing. So I'm just laying there and I just see them. I hear them. I don't say a word. And the demon was like, can I say what it said or is there like language? Um, well, um, you can like, um, with the, the F word, we can say the F word or something okay, like okay, that. Okay, but, okay. You know, if we kind of abbreviate what, uh, what some of, you know, what, what he's saying to you, that would be uh, good. So, so the demon was like, why, why, why do we have to let him out? What, what, what does this piece of S deserve? He doesn't deserve anything. He's supposed to be here with us. And then the, the person in white was like, I told you to let him out right now. And if you don't let him out, there will be consequences. So the, after the demon heard that, he was immediately horrified. He was like, he was like, fine, fine. I don't know what he deserves or what you think he's going to do. He, his life is over. He should stay here. And then next thing I know is like, I started to like slowly like come back to and then the person in white just disappeared. And it was like, he wanted me to be like, like, it's time for you to get up out of here. So the demon was just mad. And he was like, he was like, oh yeah, you're lucky or whatever. You're, you're blah, 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 blah. Like, he was just cussing at me, saying terrible things to me. Like, but it's in the moment I believed him because it was like, okay, I, I already was in hell. So this is like, I obviously deserve to be there at that point. I was, it felt like I was there for years and years. You get, you are there in that place for so long. And it feels as if, and I hope this makes sense. It feels as if the moment you get there, you're born, if that makes sense. It's like, that's when your life starts. And then you, your whole life is centered around that. And you still have memories of earth. Because while I was in there, I remember all the people, my mom telling me I wasn't supposed to be doing drugs and hanging around these people. Some of our friends saying, Khalil, you're changing. You, you need to you need to get it together. Like, this isn't like you to be smoking all the time. This isn't like you to be like, why are you, why are you doing all of you? Like, why are you popping pills? Why are you, like, why are you doing this stuff? And then it would always replay in my head what I would say. And then I would just regret it so bad because I was like, why didn't I listen? Why didn't I? stop why didn't i just try something else why didn't i try to make my life better in any capacity i not just you regret the regret the regret is so deep because 
it's like all those thoughts that come into your mind, you so desperately wish you could go back and make that right. But you can't do that. And then you having a realization that because you didn't do that and now it's too late, you have to just deal with that. But you can't deal with that while you're there. It's almost you never get any type of reconciliation or any type of like resolve or peace. The mistakes that you made weigh on you and you always hear it in your own mind. Like you think about everything that you did wrong. You just regret every second of it because it, it was never worth it in the first place when you're there. So, yeah, that, you know, that that's something that's almost incomprehensible, except for you and some others who have experienced that complete hopelessness, because we know in this world that as long as our heart beats, we there's a possibility of a second chance, even a third, fourth, fifth, whatever. And what you're saying is that in hell, when that chapter is closed, when this life is gone That's your and life. we are go to heaven or hell, in this case, hell, that 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 chance of a second chance, that is, or a next opportunity is gone. It's sealed. It's done. And you have and and you at that point had to live with that as the others who were in hell. Yes. Like there is none of that. And that is horrifying because you really want there to be some form of anything positive to claim. Even a smile will probably make you feel so good, but you never get anything like that. All you get is what, whatever, terrible torment or frightening thing or whatever it is down there to keep you occupied but that down there that is your life when you're there you're dead but that's your life i don't know how to make that make sense necessarily because like you you know that you're dead yet you can't pass away you can't end that pain it isn't like suffering here and then eventually we all pass you don't pass there so you're just there. You simply exist in pain. So that alone is very just heartbreaking. It's terrible. And I'm struck with this. And you explained earlier that you could hear the thumping. Uh, you explained the, the lake of fire is kind of like this bright light. We think of lava, volcano you know, red, orange colors, but you explained it uniquely, I think, as light, bright light. And it's interesting because the Bible has referenced uh, Satan as the angel of light. We think of, of, um, of Satan and the demons as being deceptive, of course. You know, they don't want to reveal their true colors, but that, that light is something that is a, in contrast to the light of Christ, the light of Jesus, also referenced in the Bible, you saw the light of of hell. You saw that, yeah, and what what you explained is this thumping. I'm just getting in a picture in my mind now of this hearing this, bum 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 bum, and and these are people hitting the lake of fire. I mean that that just has such a striking uh, connotation or or sense to it that 
is is incomprehensible it yes it's it's difficult to just explain that because even though it's white it isn't like pure it isn't because god's light was so it was beautiful it was the most like i can't i can't stress just how beautiful it really was how welcoming it really was how clean it was but that white lava looking substance that's at the bottom isn't it's nothing like that at all if anything it's horrifying because you see all this all this fire all this darkness but then you see that and it's so out of place and it's just like what is that in the moment you see people hit it and they just kind of vanish there is no telling what it does to you when you get into that stuff. So I I would assume, I don't want to make an assumption. It just looked like they were being destroyed. Like it looked like they were in there. The moment they touched it, it was just like whatever our soul is made out of, it just was being destroyed somehow. But like I said, I, I didn't see inside of it. It was so thick. And it was so hot. So I don't know what's actually happening. It just looked like they just. So, yeah, I, 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 I don't I don't want to know. I, I'm just that's just what it seemed like was happening when I was looking at this from third person. So you said that that everyone. Eventually in hell. Uh, enters the lake of fire that that pit. Is is that would that be yeah. true? Or? Yeah, because even though I was on these floors, when I started randomly, like when I just started falling into it, I just started falling. Like it wasn't like I could grab onto a person or anything. Eventually, I just started to fall in there. So, I yes, I would agree. Yes, you eventually get to that point. You might not get to be on some of the worst floors were the most worst imaginable things I could think of or potentially are happening there. But when you start falling and you start to reach that, that, that white, there's nothing that you can really do about that. You're just going to fall in there. Mm. Wow. Wow. And I'm also struck Khalil with the, um, the, the demon and whoever this other figure was, whether it be Jesus or the angel and the demon saying, you know, you don't deserve, uh, you deserve to stay here. You don't deserve to be returned. And the angel, what did this angel figure just disappeared? But did you have a sense at that time that God was as he did, he would save you from this, um, this hell? I don't know. I I still don't understand why I'm here sometimes. Because it felt as if I that was really it for me. So the fact that I was brought out of that, I still don't understand that if I'm being totally honest. It doesn't make sense. All all I'm capable of really like doing is trying to develop a relationship with Jesus because that's the only thing now that I feel is the most logical and correct thing to do. And I desperately want to know who Jesus is. So it could have been a learning thing for me because all of my thoughts at that point, like I said, it was all my own thoughts. I don't know if I was there to just experience it. I don't know if I was there to be tormented. 
I don't know if I was supposed to just be there, but I'm here now. So who whatever that's why I, I stopped thinking it was necessarily an angel and it had to be Jesus because my whole life, not my whole life, but a lot of like the early parts of my life, my grandmother, she was a prayer warrior. She wholeheartedly believed in Jesus, but I, I fell away from that at some point. After she passed away, I kind of just felt empty, like a void was in me, but she had always told me that I was going to be something great for Christ. I was going to be a prayer warrior. I was going to do great things for the Lord. And I never understood that growing up at all. I never, she would pray over me all the time. And my grandmother was a blessing to the whole family because her light kept the whole family together. So it's like, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know why I'm here. All I know is that I should develop this relationship with Christ Jesus and find out what it is I'm supposed to do. So me getting that conviction to post my testimony, I, that to me was the first step. I'm trying to get baptized as soon as possible. I'm trying to, you know, do, I know that it's not of my works. It's all of grace. Mm -hmm. The fact that I'm here is the truest blessing because it's like being here, you're shielded from just seeing the true reality of like what goes on in the spirit. I was so out of it. It was so hard to comprehend just the nature and reality of what was happening at some points because it was just so ridiculous. But not to get off track. That, well, yeah. Let's go back to um, so when you were in hell and you had all of these experiences that you've talked about, um, at what point did you then come out of hell and how did that happen and what was that like? Okay. So whenever I was about to hit that, that, that point, it was like, there was periods of time where it would feel as if I would explain it as like a flash. It was like, I seen myself back on earth at some random points, but it's like, I couldn't really do anything. I couldn't really like, I couldn't walk because the moment I would walk, it was like, boom, I'm back there. I couldn't like, whenever I would try to like say something, I couldn't say anything. Cause boom, I'm back there. But it was like, I could randomly see certain, like, Oh, I could see the sidewalk a little bit, or I could see this. So when I got to the bottom and I found myself on the ground and I seen the angel or Jesus or whoever, and then the demon, that's when I, it was like I seen the um like the fog still of hell, but I could see the sidewalk. Like I could still see, like I knew that that was a sidewalk. Like that's this is on earth. So after that, that encounter where he said that he you need to let him out, that's when I started to uh flash, like I started to see the grass, I started to see, okay, I see the light posts right here. I see, okay, there's this tree right here. And then I start seeing lights. And then I'm like, okay, at that point, it's, I, it starts to feel more like normal. Like it wasn't as hot. It started to feel like the heat was leaving. And then I started to see a person. And then our person was a paramedic. And then slowly but surely, it was like everything became coherent enough to know where I was at. And then... 
it was a point to where, okay, I recognize I was in the ambulance, but then I would flash, but then it would see, it would, I would see like this white and I didn't really get to see what was there. Like, I don't want to make any assumptions of what the white was, but it just looked like a really beautiful, peaceful place. And I didn't really get to see or go in there wherever that was. But whatever the place was, it looked so beautiful. It was bright. And then it was like the ground was like gold or yellow or whatever. But I didn't get to go into wherever, whatever place that I didn't get to go in there. Because at that point, I started flashing. Okay, I'm in the ambulance. I'm in the hospital. I start to recognize people. Then eventually, I'm just here again. Like, and it, I remember when I first, when I first fully came to, I immediately started crying immediately because I couldn't believe anything that I just witnessed. My brain immediately tried to like repress everything that I saw because of just how severe and terrible it was. But it could, it couldn't do that. Like I could not deny what I had saw, what I experienced, what I felt, what I smelled and tasted, what I heard. I couldn't deny any of that because it didn't make sense. I, there is no memory of me being on earth for hours that night. There was, there's no memory of that. All the only memory in my mind is what I have of hell. So when I was in the hospital, I just kept crying because I didn't want to remember that. I didn't want to like have that in my mind at all. I didn't. And then when I, when I, I remember they gave me a, a phone because my phone had failed at some point. All I, all I had was my wallet in my pocket so they can identify me. The uh, I called my mother and she was terrified because when she got to the hospital, she was letting me know, like she was calling my phone. She was worried, sick. She was praying, praying, wondering where I was at. And mm -hmm. she had thought, and it's crazy. She, I remember she told me, she was like, oh, I thought something terrible happened to you. I kept trying to call your phone. My phone has this thing called Life 360 on it. You can track where my phone is at on there. She had tracked where my phone was, saw that it was just out in the grass somewhere. And she didn't know where I was. So when she got that call from the hospital, she rushed over there immediately. And she had told me she was praying that I was okay and all types of stuff. And so she had this, she had this sense, maybe the Holy Spirit telling her that her son was was um, in critical condition or you were in hell and she was praying during this time, intercessing the same way that your grandmother through, uh, through your earlier life had prayed for you. Wow. Yes. Like that's amazing. My, so yeah, when she, when I had told her what happened, she was distraught. And then like, I just, from that point forward, I won't say like, I didn't immediately grasp just the weight of it because I kept, trying to make it not real like i didn't want to believe that for a long time a couple of months after that but i kept having nightmares at some points i kept having like like random flashbacks where i would hear the screaming and then i would feel so like cold i would have random moments where it was just like i would sometimes freak out and start to think that I was going back where I was there again. And it was terrible. Like that was the worst, one of the worst parts about it. The only reason that stopped was because I almost had a complete episode all over again, because my mind was like playing tricks on me. Like everything started to feel fake. 
everything started to feel like it was an illusion. Because like I said, it was at one point where I was having flashes, like where it looked like I started to see stuff, but then I was right back there. And when that happened to me, that messed my mind up because I was like, every time I went back to hell, I was like, oh, wow, like I, I didn't believe I was ever getting out. So whenever my mom would play tricks on me, like months after that, I would start to freak out like, oh, no, like, is this all fake? Is this all, is this not real? So I remember after one, that happened a couple of times. There was one point it got so bad. The first thing I did, instead of me running to talk to somebody else, instead of me running to go talk to my mom, talk to somebody like, please help. Like, I'm, I'm scared. I'm freaking out. Give me a hug. This time I walked to the bathroom. I closed the door. I literally put my face down. Like I bowed and I started praying to Jesus. I was like, please. Like I, I said, it was the most intense prayer. I said, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I need help. I need you to, 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 to heal me, heal my mind, heal my heart. Please come into my life. I really want to know you desperately. Like I was saying this out loud. And then it was, it was the most beautiful feeling I ever felt in my life. I remember after I said that, I started to feel like this deep sense of calm. And I had went down to my room all by myself. And I just sat well in this chair, in this chair that I'm in right now. And I just, it was, and everything spiritual that's happened to me has been so undescribable. I don't know why, but it was like every feeling of, of, of fear, of doubt, of anxiety, pain, everything in my body after I said that and sat here left and it was replaced with the most purest cleanest feeling of peace and it was like I, it was the most never at any I have not felt that feeling at any point in my life because before like I said I didn't even like myself when I was 18 and 19 years old I'm 20 now I didn't like myself at all during that period but when that happened to me it felt like love it was so calming it was warm it was peaceful and it was so it enveloped me in every way. I was just sitting here smiling like I was a madman because I was like, what is this? Like, this is, this is awesome. Like, I couldn't believe it. Like, I was smiling so hard. And then I started to tear up because I, was, I couldn't believe it. I was like, what is this? Like, what is happening to me right now? Because it felt so good. And then it hit me. I was like, Jesus answered me. He, he really listened. Like, he, he heard what I had to say. Because when I said that, it was a pure, it was like, I meant it. I meant every word of it. I wanted it so bad. Like, please help me. And I've never had that happen to me again. I've never had an episode again. I've never had any form of, like, extreme anxiety. Like, sometimes I'll still, like, I'll, I'll get scared if I see, like, a movie or something. But, you know, it's not like me dreading my life. It doesn't feel like my life is about to end or I'm about to pop back there. It is that It's not felt like that since. And, and it's been months since that's happened. So I'm just like... I know, I know some people have said I sounded crazy with my testimony and with my story, but I, I just say the same thing. I'm like, look, pick up a Bible. Because when I started reading this, a lot of the stuff started to make sense for me. A lot of stuff started to add up. It was like, it was like when I read it, I was reading indisputable truth almost. Well, no, not almost. That's exactly what it felt like. Every time I read the Bible, I feel more at peace than like playing a video game or something. So I'm, I'm just trying to, I'm, I just want to know Jesus at this point. That's it. I know the original question was how, how was it when I got out? 
that yeah, I know I got really far from that, but yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm glad you did. That was, <laughs> that was that was great. That was great. You know, I'm I'm just struck, Khalil, that um, you know you had these two figures, one of which was the demon, right? And this was while you were in hell, mm-hmm. and you had this other figure you think is Jesus now, and I I agree with you. I believe that was Jesus, and the demon was saying you don't deserve it. You know, you 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 deserve to be here in hell. That is, and Jesus is saying to you, "No, let him go." It's like Jesus had the authority to speak mm-hmm. to the demon, "No," because the demon. That's something that I think, um, you know, I don't know if it's commonly understood, but Jesus has the authority over the demons, over Satan. He has that authority, and so if he says. Khalil is going to be in his kingdom and he and not in hell, then the demon has to give in to that and to and he did with you. And now you're an on fire believer in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's that's incredible. <clears throat> that's that's a that's a miracle that is that just is is phenomenal. I have to say this, Khalil, that I think uh, not I think, I know that your ministry is going to go far and wide in saving lives, in saving lives. And for those who are viewing this right now, I know I've oh. said this before, but That's you have got to bring your, um, your sons, your daughters, you've got to bring uh, others that maybe don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior to hear this message, to to know this. Because I'm going to ask Khalil, actually, in a, in a moment here, to pray. Uh, it's a prayer of, of salvation. So, um, Khalil, you won't be in heaven, what I experienced in heaven with Jesus, because I was a believer before I had died. But in your case, you were not a believer, um, and you are now. So your next experience after after leaving this world will be in heaven. But I'm going to give that opportunity to you. But I've got to implore our audience now to share this, to share this. If you have um, a question for Khalil, we don't want to inundate him and overwhelm him with questions from the get-go because I know he has a, a life, a young life, and and one that is aspiring to... Uh, even greater things that God has ordained for him. Um, you can go to randyk.org and leave a message. We'll make sure that that gets to Khalil. Um, and know that we were talking about this earlier, Khalil, that those of us who have had an afterlife experience don't necessarily have this uh, supernatural wisdom, you know, where people can oh. ask us, okay, what, what's the meaning of life? You know, it's like, okay, figure that out. Look at the Bible, you know, read, seek uh, God's understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, what my question to you before we get to this most important part is what do you have to say to others in a similar situation as yours? And there are a lot of people, um, young people and older people as well that are in that situation right now because drug addiction is an addiction. It's a disease, alcohol, drugs, Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever, you know, uh, sex addictions, whatever the addiction is, it's it's a disease because it, it captures you like a drug. What do you have to say 
to both a the person who's uh, going through that right now the addiction that is and b for the person who's their loved one like your grandmother who is trying to you know save their beloved children or their their loved one what do you have to say to each of those audiences there is always hope it's never too late i know that for me personally when i was going through that i wanted help so bad but it never felt like i could find it until i started to really like try never ever stop fighting for that never believe that there's no hope and that it's too late because whenever you start to believe that is when the battle starts to that's when you when stuff starts to get bad always have that hope and always fight that because if it wasn't for my grandmother praying for me if it wasn't for my family talking to me and all that stuff after the experience I could have went right back to it but it really made me think like no like there's always a way and Jesus is that way he is always there all you have to do is cry out for him he is there always just never give up, never lose hope. Never lose hope. You know, that, that, that can sound like a, a trite word. Like, okay, you know, that's easier said than done. I know. But it really is profound because you were in hell. You were in hell. You came from hell. Uh, we had a, an interview with Brian Melvin who experienced hell, and now he's, you know, He's a on fire uh, believer like you, helping to save lives. And uh, he uh, said that he had suffered from PTSD. We talked about this earlier. Uh, that is, you know, going through the war zone. And somebody explained it, a, a soldier explained it to me this way. He said, it's like being in a car crash. You know, all of a sudden you're driving down, everything is fine. And then bang, everything changes after that. And, um, and your healing was through, um, through your, um, knowing Jesus as Lord and savior. So let's get to the, the great part and the, and the important part, Khalil, as we wrap this up. And that is, um, I'm going to ask you to pray for those who are unsure or they really don't know, or, you know, they're really seeking kind of, uh, you know, cause they tune in, right. They're listening mm -hmm. to this. So they're interested, but they're not sure, you know, am I or am I not going to heaven after I die? Will I possibly go to hell? So can you pray what we call a prayer of salvation right now uh, for for the audience, please? Yeah. Um, okay. Um, I'm, 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 am I repeating after you or am I just saying a prayer? I just want to. Yeah, it's all on you, brother. Prayer of salvation. Okay. It's, yeah. So whatever the Holy Spirit puts on your, your heart to say. Okay. Dear Holy Father, whose name must always be kept holy in high heaven. I pray to you today for anybody that's viewing this right now. I pray that you may put your hand on their heart and let them know that they're not alone, Father. In Jesus' name, I pray, Father, that you may touch their minds and show them your beautiful light, Father. I pray that you can show your mercy and grace on them 
and help guide them, whether it be directly or subtly, no matter what, whatever is in your will, help guide them to you, Father, in Jesus' name. Father, I know that your love is boundless. I know that your love is endless. And I know that it can reach all people when you touch them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for that, Khalil. So the Bible tells us that if we confess our sins, and we have all sinned, right? We've all done mm -hmm. things that are not good. Uh, and believe in our hearts that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, that in fact, he hung, hung on the cross to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of our unrighteousness. Doesn't mean that we're made perfect. It doesn't mean that, you know, all of a sudden we're going to, you know, not do bad things. It means that we are justified strictly and only through Jesus, through not of our own doing. Mm -hmm. So that Paul said, let lest anyone should boast. No, it's all Jesus. It's all Jesus, what he did for us. And so Khalil, I want to thank you. Thank you so, so much for being with us today. This has been an absolute blessing. Thank you very much. It's, it's been a blessing for me as well. <laughs> Well, well, I, you know, we, we have to end this um, sadly, but also joyfully and that we will continue the discussion. But um, for now, we have to say goodbye. And for those who either prayed that prayer or are indeed in Christ Jesus, um, be of good cheer because heaven is in your future. Until next time, take care. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening. Please like and subscribe. And if you'd like further information, go to our website at randyk.org, where our mission is simple, to share the great news of God's love.